0: Feeling in touch with your religious side?
1: Wanting to rid yourself
0: of sin? It's your lucky day because God is a trans woman. woman. Sasha Seydig. And
1: Jesus is non-binary. Binary, binary. Jacob Gamble. Join, Join us on Queering the Air every, every Sunday from 3 to, 3 3 to 4 p.m. PM queer and trans, arts, politics, pop culture, and everything in between. Only on Tracy
2: R.
3: Community Radio.
2: Come worship
3: at the altar of your queerness desires. God is the one
0: done. You believe God.
1: God is a trans woman and Jesus is non-binary. Welcome to Queering the Air, everyone, on your Sunday afternoon here on 3CR 855 AM. I'm Jacob Gamble. I'll be taking you through your next hour. Uh, but before I begin, I just want to acknowledge that today we're broadcasting on the lands of the Jerry people of the Kulin Nations. Pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to any First Nations listeners uh, and guests that we have on the show today. I just want to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Uh, This always was and always will be Aboriginal land and while we're talking about respect for elders I also want to acknowledge the trans and queer elders who have paved the way for us to be so loud and queer like we are today <laughs> we've got a, a jam-packed show for you coming up a few warnings in place we're going to be talking a bit about transphobia and the rise of fascism in the far right later on the show uh, we'll be having Amy Sargent who is a queer and trans activist uh, and Edie Phillips who' are going to be Coming in to chat all about those uh, horrifying scenes that we saw on the steps of Parliament House yesterday. We're also going to be having Kin and Alex from Good Life Events later on, speaking about a new sensory friendly club night uh, designed for neurodivergent queers, which is really exciting. But first, I'm really excited to introduce our two lovely guests who are in the studio with us today. We've got Alex Antunes, an electronic NARM-based artist, uh, musician, performer, who operates under the moniker of ALX Go Slow. Uh, She also works in aged care and death care. Mm, Some juicy topics to explore there. And we've also got the wonderful Unique, who some of our listeners may recall is also an artist and a musician. So welcome, Alex. Welcome, Unique. Thank for coming you so on. so much, Jacob.
4: Yeah, hello. Hello. Thanks for having us.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure. And how are you going on this fine Sunday?
4: Good, I'm fine. Alex Alex had
5: it. A... I had a bit of a big night, <laughs> but I'm really uh, enjoying being in here and, and getting to meet you in the flesh for the first time. Mm,
1: yeah. yeah, we've had a, a long email correspondence, including CCing someone who wasn't actually involved <laughs> at all in this interview.
5: That was my admin sort of uh, issue. working on those things random
1: no but it's always fun um looping in people just letting them know how great we are (laughs) um now alex you've just released a new track called we play bingo which we'll be playing a little bit on it's a provocative delicious name tell us a bit about the track and what's it all about
5: um, thanks for that question. I um, I was doing placement at an aged care facility, and during that time, I had a lot of conversations with some with the residents there, and I didn't want to lose those memories. So it was just a practice of just writing writing down things that had happened during the day, and I it was such a rich time for me, and I got to make so many beautiful connections, and I wanted to hold on to that, and then that just evolved into a into a song because that's it's just easier with a beat to kind of keep talking. And uh, it was great when I found uh, I found out about this massive uh, palliative care carnival in India. It was the IPM Curious Carnival and they were having an arts competition. So they were inviting people to submit videos and I thought, well, maybe I'll just record this song and make a video and then submit it. This was actually two weeks before it was mm. due. So I got Penny on board um, she quickly came up with some vocals to, to help out and um, and with the video clip. And it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. No, the track, it's very like ethereal and, and sort of takes you into this otherworldly place. But this was built on memories that were shared uh, from aged care residents with you.
5: Yeah. in partic- There was one in particular that stuck with me and I didn't know how to handle some of the information. Uh, there was this One woman, she was over 100 and she was visibly in distress and I tried Mm -hmm. to get some of the nurses to kind of help because I thought maybe she needed some pain relief. Uh, She spoke Mandarin and I didn't, but I found out what she was saying and she was was in pain and and she was in distress and then she was apparently saying, I feel that God's forgotten me. Mm. and I, I, I don't believe in a God in that sort of way, but I, I would try to imagine what that would feel like to be in pain, in distress, and, and forgotten.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a terrifying kind of idea being that you know, in that position that's so vulnerable and feeling that way. I mean, how do you process all of this when you're working in these environments day in, day out?
5: I write a journal and then I make music mm. so this was this was part of the um, it's part of the way that I retain my memories and that I and I deal with them and in this in this song there is humour in there there's like cowbells like I don't know how you can take any any song too seriously when there's cowbells in there <laughs> um, but uh, there's, there was there were so many beautiful moments that I had with with residents, and I wanted to cherish those as well. Yeah. And um, for instance, like one one fellow who wanted to play bass guitar, and I bring my my, my uh, acoustic guitar, and we had little jams, and we thought thought about like creating a band there, and there was there was a the potential for that for that to happen. Unfortunately, I couldn't stay at that particular um, center um, to. To, to see that to fruition, mm. but it's there's so much opportunity when um, there's a whole lot of people that don't have to go up go to work every morning. like there's an opportunity to, to really enjoy your life and and do something that maybe you've never done before or mm. try something or have different types of connections and have different type of, types of conversations. and I, I love that about aged care.
1: Yeah, and you're also part of a group called the Queer Death Collective, right.
5: Yeah, so that's Heaney and I. That like we we like to create um, we create death cafes. Mm. So we get people together. We used to have them at um, Hair Hall. Unfortunately, Hair Hall's not longer Uh, around. Rest
1: in peace. Yeah.
5: Um, And we're a little bit homeless. We've been a bit homeless since they've closed down. But we will create some more death cafes because when we've had them, we know we we see how people get together and and share. And sharing things that are a little bit maybe traumatic or a little bit uh, n- difficult to nuanced, it's um it can be really rewarding and and healing.
1: Mm, mm. And you obviously are quite passionate about this area. I mean, what's your relationship like to these ideas of of death and aging and dying?
5: Oh my goodness, how how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's such a big question. Um, I don't know what, what, she's, she's obsessed with death.
4: I'm Mm. not. I'm obsessed (laughs) with life. Yeah. Yeah. Life and death. Life and death.
1: I think a lot of people shy away from it. And that's, I remember we had a really fantastic chat with Heaney when they were in here about, you know, these ideas of it's, it's something that's natural and and we should be, you know, looking for how we can make it as, as comfortable as, as we can. Mm. So, um, is that something that resonates with you as well?
5: Oh, totally, totally. And um, the idea that uh, preparing for, for our death, understanding that we are going to die. Obviously, we all know we're going to die.
0: Mm. Um,
5: maybe little kids don't. Uh, but being comfortable with that, that place and maybe meditating on that. And um, I, I, I think sometimes when I'm going to sleep, I think this could be like just dying. I'm just going to slow my breath down, really like slow it down mm. and whatever happens, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying myself now. I'm comfortable in bed mm-hmm. and ideally I'd like to die in a comfortable place and, you yeah, know, with nice sheets and nice underpants, and as long as there's nice sheets, and nice, nice, a nice view, yeah, it has to be nice <laughs> sheets, it's like a crispy Egyptian, Egyptian cotton. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we want that thread crown up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I want to be in like some rural town with like nice hills and rivers and stuff yeah, to beautiful. look at. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um But it's it's interesting because obviously you know we've talked about it on the show before, so I kind of understand. But for our listeners who might not fully get it, why a queer death cafe? I mean, what's the links, between... Between queerness and death,
5: it's more about having a safer space to explore um, how we feel. Mm. I um, and I, th- I think that safer space that we try to create allows trans and gender diverse people and to to explore their, the issues that they might have, and there are a lot of issues mm. um, as with. Accessing medical care, accessing death care, there's prob- there's higher levels of trauma um, and a need to f- be seen as well. Mm. You know we all exist, we all exist. we've always existed, but we don't it's not visible, say when you go to a cemetery, for instance. Mm. you it's not visible when you go to a, a funeral home so it's 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 uh, trying to own that it's like w- we are like we we're, we can create spaces we're the most creative people that exist is that the big statement is that no it's true <laughs> <laughs> no it's true <laughs> we're, and we're, we're able to create beautiful things like and mm. and would we'll be able to create beautiful parts of cemeteries and beautiful ceremonies beautiful rituals mm we have our own to, rituals totally yeah. mm-hmm. and without talking about them how can we really create them because we need to prepare because once if if when once we have a, a death in our in our um, in our circle at that point it's we're dealing with a lot of potential um, uh, emotional difficulties a bit of preparation beforehand might help us
1: yeah. at that mm. point yeah Definitely. Um, and Unique, you have been on this show uh, last year. Tell yeah. us, what have you been up to in the last few months?
4: Oh, heaps. Yeah, gigging lots, lots of gigs mm. um, and um, lots of uh, music. Um, I've also started my own business in uh, queer disability support work, um, which is going really well. Um, but yeah, I've been starting to do quite a lot of collaborations with Alex mm. and their music, which is how this kind of film clip came about in like three days wow and so alex was good enough to go hire me a costume from rose chong's i got this beautiful gown to wear and i was supposed to be the uh angel or goddess that kind of helps people between the two worlds between the physical world that we exist in and whatever afterlife or wherever their energy kind of goes i was kind of like you know the guide I suppose in the film clip, so it was a really cool special role mm. um, that I got to play, and it's something that I feel like trans, uh, gender queer people, non-binary people, gender non-conforming people kind of always had within tribal groups mm. um, that like guide or that mentor um, or that person people went to for advice. Yeah, so, yeah, I felt it was a really cool opportunity, so I grabbed it with uh, both hands, and um, we threw this clip together and a very short space of time, and I was really blown away at what Alex made in the end. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she did a really professional job. So. Yeah.
1: Well, well done on such a successful collaboration, and I know you're performing it. You've got a gig coming up next week, and Unique, you'll be there as well. Yeah. well what can we expect um, at the Worker's Club next Thursday, the oh, uh, This Thursday,
4: yeah. Is it this Thursday? This yeah, Thursday. is this Thursday mm. coming up? Um, everybody's uh, trans, non-binary, gender, non-conforming. Alex is the only cisgender... <laughs> person I'm um, playing so it's going to be really cool um mm-hmm. so um and what have we found in the last six months of playing is that there's a whole group of queer gender non-conforming trans musicians in Melbourne and we've been meeting them all and gigging with them and it's really positive it's a really good thing to see and be a part of and it's and so. a co-
5: great combination of people who uh, more experienced musicians and people who are just giving it a crack, yeah mm. and in our case it's uh, well, in my case i 'm just giving it a crack yeah, yeah. and uh, there 's so much fun in not being a professional I mean I pretend, yes. and just just yes. having a go <laughs> yeah. and there's trying to get something and and not quite getting it right there's there's joy in that mm I have I just undersold myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> No, that's it's something yeah.
1: that really resonates it's with me a, as well. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah.
5: are professionals, though. Yeah, we've been paid, we've been
4: paid for gigs. <laughs> it's we're professional. professionals. Yeah, totally. Listeners, um, come along. Don't yeah. worry. You, you will get a show. Yeah, it's a fun queer gig. Um, and it's a safe space Trust. for people to come and watch some really amazing, talented queer performers perform. Yeah. And, music.
1: and connect with that, that yeah. community is what it's all about. As you yeah. were saying before, it's about having a safe space. So yeah. thank you both so, so much for coming on. Um, Alex, do you want to introduce yourself? Song for us.
5: Oh yes. Um, so this is this is next track is by Alex Goslow. It's called We Play Bingo. got me
1: Welcome back. That was We Play Bingo by Alex Go Slow. Uh, we just heard from Alex themselves and Unique, um, who also featured in the video. If you want to check them out, they're playing at the Workers Club uh, next Thursday, the 23rd of March. You can grab your tickets. Online, um, we'll pop some links in our show notes, 3cr.org.au forward slash queering the air. Uh, now, a quick warning before we kick off this next segment we're going to be talking a bit about some heavy topics um, like transphobia, the rise of fascism and the far right, police violence, all of which kind of played out yesterday. At a rally uh, which happened on Spring Street in the city. So for those of you that don't know, there was a prolific turf, uh, trans exclusionary radical feminist um, who came from the UK to kind of, I think she's doing like a speaking tour um, of you know, New Zealand and Australia to basically spread this anti-trans ideology. Uh, And there was also a separate group, and they kind of converged, and the separate group was Nazis, essentially far-right. And, of course, our lovely um, trans activists had a counter-response, and we're going to be speaking with a couple of people who are at the rally. Um, Amy Sargent is a queer and trans activist and artist um, who's also the convener of the Queer Unionists in Tertiary Education. And we've also got the lovely Edie Phillips, who is um, a musician, Coming to you from Brisbane, I believe. Are you from Brisbane? I'm from Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Sorry. I'm from Brisbane though. <laughs> Sorry, Brisbane, and yeah, we've got yeah, a local yeah. in the yeah, local. Well, welcome to you both. I feel like I <laughs> We're just... covering all the perspectives. Yeah. Yes. I've <laughs> down the East Coast yeah. <laughs> and back into the studio here. <laughs> well, welcome both of you. Thanks for coming on. Um now, Amy, you were at this rally yesterday. Do you want to mm-hmm. walk us through kind of what happened and how it all went down? Yeah.
2: So, as you said, Kelly J. Keane, the far right provocateur, previously anti Islam campaigner, now mm. jumping on the anti trans grift, has been doing a uh, speaking tour all over the world. And most recently, she is here in Australia. Next up to New Zealand. And prior to her coming, uh, lots of folks said yo, cancel her visa. This is mm. someone pr- promoting a genocidal uh, ideology. She collaborates with Nazis. We, we said that. Stephen Bates, the uh, MP uh, for Brisbane, federal MP, Greens MP, uh, wrote to the federal Labour labor government asking them to not let her in. And they didn't respond. They didn't care. Mm. Uh, and this comes in, uh, you know, the, the intensifying climate of violence around trans issues that trans people experience. And so, it sort of reached fever pitch yesterday on the steps of Parliament uh, here in Nam, When they held their event, Kelly J. Keene was there, multiple other prominent trans-exclusionary fascists were mm. there. Uh, and their friends, the Nazis, showed up too. And they both stood together behind the police line, both on the steps of Parliament, together, Turf's were posing for photos in front of the Nazis. That has been documented. And the Nazis stood on the steps of parliament, giving the Nazis salute, uh, chanting Heil Hitler next to the turfs, mm. And they didn't say a single thing to denounce them. They let them chant and do their thing and hold their massive signs saying destroy pedo freaks pedos they're talking about trans people when they say that because we're groomers and and stuff according to them Mm. and the turfs did nothing they did nothing to denounce it uh to distance themselves from it i don't know about you but if i was protesting something and some nazis showed up and started chanting with me I would ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. If they didn't leave, I would leave. And they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So, turfs and Nazis hand in hand on the steps of parliament.
1: Mm, just seeing some of those images that came out with people doing the Hitler salute literally on the steps of parliament was, was chilling. I mean, Edie, how did you feel when you saw all of this unfolding online?
0: Yeah, so um, I unfortunately couldn't make it to the protest yesterday, but I was... Um, you know being very like close friends with amy um i saw everything unfold like firsthand through live videos and also updates on twitter um it was like made me feel sick mm-hmm. it was like i've i've truly never seen anything like so hateful right on like my doorstep before mm. um it felt it felt completely it just felt like a punch in the face really to like all of my sisters and brothers and non-binary people Mm. it was yeah it was horrific um and just seeing police as amy said just give them like a space the nazis to freely walk and show um L- like let let them show like mm. their hate in such a, um, in such a protected space, mm. um, was just like frightening. Yeah. It was so frightening because you know they were on the side of, with the turfs, like as you said, Amy. Like mm-hmm. they literally um had free reign to walk to do whatever they wanted to. No no police force was used against them. It no, was no, all on, no. like, the queer community. Yeah. And it wasn't a violent protest. No. Like, the police made it violent. Yeah. And then it got turned on to the queer community. Yep. Yeah. Which always happens. It's always the oppressed side that becomes, you know...
2: Yeah, the target. The target. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, and it was, yeah, just really disheartening. There's just, like... There's a lot to say on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot to say, and like obviously not enough time. But yeah, I guess I guess it's just really hard to see. Um, I guess you know the police, and I'm I'm not surprised, but mm-hmm. protect them in a way, and then mm-hmm. hurt my community. Mm-hmm. Disappointed,
1: yeah. but, uh, but not surprised is sort of the sentiment I've been hearing from a lot of members of the community and yeah. we'll definitely be touching on um, the fraught relationship between police and the queer community a bit later. But first, I want to get into kind of the alignment of turfs and Nazis, because yeah. I think... A lot of people were surprised to see this happen. And I think even some of the the TERFs that showed up at the protest didn't realize that Nazis would be there. Um, but, <laughs> you know, for people who have been looking at this movement historically, you know, does it come as a surprise?
2: OK, so f- first thing I want to address is any TERF saying they were surprised about the Nazis being there, like, oh, mm. we didn't invite them. Look, there are people in my mentions on Twitter right now mm. saying, I, me personally. It, Amy was controlling the Nazis. Oh, my yep. God. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, they also saying we invited them. They were there to face off with the trans people. They mm. had nothing to do with us, blah, blah, blah. Uh, look, I think it comes down to this. Turfism slash gender critical ideology slash transphobia in all its forms. The way it operates today in the world is as a conspiracy theory. It's akin to QAnon. It's akin to flat earthers and all this shit. The stuff they believe is not true. Mm. Think about the core tenets of turfism, of gender critical ideology, whatever the, whatever you want to call it. They think, oh, we're injecting kids the sec- with hormones as soon as they come out of the womb. We're taking kids away from their parents. Uh, women's sports is going under. Any of their talking points is based on disinformation, mm-hmm. things that aren't real. That's a conspiracy group. That's what they are. And these groups historically have always aligned with the far right. Kelly J. Keene has collaborated with the far right repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And they we have screamed from the hills about this. Trans people have always known this. We know this because we experience it every day. Mm-hmm. We get we get the microaggressions every day. We get the discrimination every day. We see them working together, doing it blatantly, yeah. uh, but not in the eyes of cis people. But yesterday, they—I think—they screwed up a bit in a way because that imagery is so abhorrent. Mm. That imagery will not go away. All those turfs and transphobes, whatever, the, whatever banner they want to go under—they're all bigots who want to kill trans people. They were there facilitating a Nazi rally. If Mm. you're at a rally and someone has a Nazi flag and you don't get them to leave, you are facilitating a Nazi rally. They were behind the police line with them. So, whatever. They're all Nazis now. Good job. And so, that's why they screwed up. Because now, now the cis, whatever, who have (laughs) been ignoring this for so long, while we get killed, can't ignore it anymore. Because... Mm. That imagery of people giving the Nazi salute on the steps of Parliament. I mean, if that doesn't spring you to action, what the hell will? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't get much worse than that, mm-hmm. honestly. So, good job. Good job, transphobes. You've shown your true colours. And now, now big action is going to get taken. And hey, good, good luck. Having a public-facing job anytime in the future when there's documentation of you facilitating a Nazi rally on the footsteps of Victorian Parliament, so,
1: yeah. Edie,
0: mm. yeah, like, um, it's really. I I think the logic, um, obviously, is flawed when it comes to like, um, you know, what turfs believe and what they think about like people like Amy and I mm-hmm. you know um and it really shows especially like online i mean there's there is so much like uh, like there are so many photos there are so many like actual videos from yesterday showing like showing them taking photos with the nazis um showing them like not like as amy said like there was no um there was no action against them no they just let them like coexist with them on the day it mm-hmm. was like they were together and to to now like be on twitter um and social media saying oh like no this didn't happen which is what's going on which is yeah. going on right now yeah. like like the turfs who were there on the day um they are claiming that like oh no like they they weren't there with the nazis they were they came in like they came in on their own, and it's like, well, you know, what they, came oh, yeah. sure. the yeah. they came to support <laughs> the turf. They came to support the turf. What brought them there? Exactly, the you did. You're you yeah. did exactly, and it's like, well, you know, if you have like turfs, agree- uh, sorry, if you have Nazis agreeing with you and are there to support you and um, your beliefs. Surely, like, you have to think, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. (laughs) That
2: should be the come-to-Jesus moment for TERFs. Genuinely. uh, I mean, going back to the fact it is a conspiracy theory, some people are the conspiracists, Mm. and a lot of them are the ones falling for it. Mm -hmm. And so for the ones who who are the ones falling for it, who are being tricked by the talking points and the disinformation, hopefully seeing Nazis team up with you is your moment of realisation. But. Yeah,
1: certainly a lot of bad PR, if anything, is coming out of this atrocious event. Yeah. Um, but another point that we really need to touch on is the behaviour of the police. I mean, I don't want to get sued, so I'm going to say allegedly, allegedly there was, you know, people being assaulted um, by police. What What was sort of some of the stuff that you witnessed, Amy?
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw it happen right in front of me. Mm. So, for me, speaking in a personal capacity, it wasn't alleged. I saw them pepper spraying uh, queer people. Mm. I saw police horses stomping on someone's foot and their foot getting smashed. Uh, People getting tackled, people getting kneed in the head by cops. Right. Uh, They did not apply any of that force to the Nazis, Mm. we were there to protest transphobia, Nazis are transphobic, Turfs are transphobic. We were there protesting against all of them. They could have ordered a move on to the Nazis Mm -hmm. if they thought this is no good. This is, this is violent. Like I'm sorry, saying Heil Hitler constantly on the steps of parliament is a violent act that and is a violent act yeah. That is hate speech <laughs> That That should have caused a a move on to be issued At the least, yeah. at, the at, least, the least, least. at the least At least At least, like, at least right? Even, mm. you know, because, I mean, I'm sure like the, the Vic poll and the police union will say Oh, well, technically we couldn't arrest them because they didn't display a swastika Swastika's banned, Heil Hitler's not banned, so we couldn't oh, arrest girl. them It doesn't matter You can, you can uh, issue a move on You can disperse yeah. the crowd That's what they were doing to us the entire time yeah. They were... Uh, pushing us back, pushing us back, pushing us back, pushing us over, pepper spraying us. Uh, I don't know. I, look, if I was a cop there and I was being ordered to hold the line for Nazis, mm. I would have put my badge down and joined the crowd protesting. Yeah.
4: yeah, It's like,
2: I'm sorry. Like read a goddamn book. Like we have history. <laughs> yeah. We have history, history repeating itself. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't like, look, y'all remember the Nuremberg trials, uh, just mm-hmm. following orders is not going to cut it. Yeah. That's what their excuse is. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's not good enough.
1: And there was this horrifying image of one of the police officers actually arm in arm with a Nazi member yeah. shaking hands. Did, did you see that one?
0: I saw that one. Mm. Yeah.
1: I think that is from a
2: couple of years ago, that uh-huh.
1: picture. But that is
2: that is the context. Mm. That's the context, right? And that surely, was definitely the vibe. Yeah. And yeah. if you are the Victorian police... Uh, and you remember that happened, that was in the media, that was a big deal, surely you would want to, you know, distance yourself from those kind of optics ever again in the future. Yeah. Uh, it's, it would be bad for the public to think that we are uh, ideologically aligned with Nazis in some ways. Um, but uh, yesterday did not help that
1: cause. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i speechless to think about some of the stuff that went down. It's, it's scary, and probably what was... Almost just as bad was some of the responses from politicians in that there was, you know, rightfully so, a lot of condemnation of Nazis on the steps of Parliament House. But Mm -hmm. there wasn't really any commentary about the role of police and Mm -hmm. how, you know, there's been, as you said, a lot of credible evidence coming out that... People have been assaulted. I mean, yep. Melbourne Activist Legal Service have said they're putting out a statement about how police have endangered trans people. Yep. I mean, what does this have to say about the complicity of the state in police violence against trans people?
2: I have to say, when, when I was there witnessing all of this yesterday, one, I was trying to film it all, because that's kind of our, one of our most powerful weapons, mm. uh, is to document... Um, what happens because, as we saw, they try to deny it. The TEFs try to deny it. They try, every, you know, from the establishment press to the police union to all of those groups, seek to reframe the narrative, seek to distance the idea that TEFs have anything to do with it. They want to just talk about Nazis. They don't want to talk about, I mean, look, uh, I think for most, I don't mean liberal the party, I mean like small L liberal politicians, mm. as in major parties, Labour, Liberal, whatever, Mm -hmm. for small-L Liberals and Conservatives, for sure, criticising the cops is something you can only do in their minds in a very extreme circumstance, like if you have um, a George Floyd type scenario where there's a video out and it's horrendous and Mm. there's just no way any sane person could justify it. there was just so much happening yesterday. There were videos everywhere of all the stuff that went down. I mean, no one, no one died, thank God. But um, it's reframing that narrative is important to maintaining the oppressive structures that see trans people
1: killed. Mm. So, and not only trans as well. You know, this Definitely. affects just about every all other minority yeah. Yeah. group too. Yes. Whether it's people of color, totally. you know, um, ex-detainees. Like, yeah, it it goes system wide. And I think it it shows that we do need to be arm in arm and allies in our struggles i mean we've only got a few minutes left um to speak with you two lovely ladies (laughs) but let's finish maybe on a glimmer of hope um edie what message of strength would you have for the trans community here in melbourne
0: honestly i know that there's like so much going on so much hatred and so much like vilification especially in like the media and like from what we're seeing like in the streets but i think the best thing to remind ourselves of is how much support we have within our community and how much love and how much strength there is and like there's nothing that can break that and historically there not there's there hasn't been anything that has broken that mm-hmm. um and, you know, as small as these, like, minority groups are, they are loud. Um, they are minority groups as in these, you know, hateful turfs and Nazis. They're loud, um, but, like, we're always louder. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we, we will always come on top. We always have. And so we just need to remind ourselves on that and just, like, get through the day, like, <laughs> like, yeah, just be there, be there for your, like, for the trans people in your life, the queer people in your life. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much love there mm-hmm. amongst all of this gross, disgusting stuff going on.
1: Absolutely. And Amy, did you have anything you wanted to add? All of that, all of that for sure.
2: I. The only thing I would add to that is the fact that we are a minority group. We're a small minority group, Mm -hmm. probably a little bit bigger than some stats would uh, lead you to believe. That's another (laughs) discussion. Um, (laughs) But they are coming for us. They have historically come for us and they're coming for us today because we're small, because we're a small target. They think that we're easy to kill, to eradicate, because ultimately that is the goal of this ideology of transphobic ideology is to make life untenable for us, to, ex- to exclude us from spaces, to exclude us from institutions, to make it impossible for us to survive and have us gone from the face of the earth. So no wonder they're teaming up with Nazis. In light of that, we need allies, we need allies to be active participants in the journey towards liberation for trans people, for queer people, especially in this moment for trans women, because we can't do it by ourselves Mm -hmm. and being an active participant means speaking up when it might be uncomfortable to do so. Uh, It means challenging the norm where you may not be used to doing that, but the truth is we can't do it ourselves we need everyone on board doing more than just having a little rainbow flag on the desk we need action action over optics Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. what I would
1: say Mm -hmm. thank you so much uh, for that message and thank you both of you for coming on um I can't express how thankful I am and just the amount of love and gratitude I have for both of you uh in the work that you're doing (laughs) um Amy, you were at the protest yesterday. Can you lead us into maybe a nice positive chant to finish off this segment?
2: Yes, folks. Look, I was going to say, well, one of them was cops and the Klan go hand in hand. <laughs> but hey, let, let's do when trans rights are under attack, what do we do? Stand, Stand up, up, fight, fight back. back, bitch. Yes. <laughs>
1: Subscribe to 3CR. Oh, thank you so much. Um, Love and respect to all the trans people out there. We're going to jump into a song now. This one is Don't You Worry by Electric Fields. And let's all take a deep breath. (laughs) you're on 3CR, Queer the Air. That one was Don't You Worry by Electric Fields. Um, And thank you so much to Amy and Edie who just came in and spoke about some of the events that went down yesterday at Victorian Parliament House where there was um, some police violence uh, and uh, a face-off between an anti-trans group um with some Nazis too. So, uh just want to say, you know, if anyone found that um segment distressing, please reach out to Q Life. Uh we'll pop some numbers in our show notes. Actually, I might just get the number up now. Q Life, the number is 1-800-184-527. That's 1-800-184-527. So, Taking a sigh of relief now, we're going to turn the dial a little bit to something a little more light-hearted. Earlier today, I caught up with Kin and Alex, uh, who have started up a new club night initiative It's called Good Life Events, and it's all about creating a sensory-friendly experience at the club for neurodivergent queer people. So this is, um, yeah, a really heartwarming segment. Their first event is actually coming up on the 30th of March at SubClub, so we'll pop some uh, links in our show notes. But here's Alex and Kin. Welcome to 3CR Studios, Ken and Alex from Good Trip Events. Uh, How are you going on this Sunday
6: afternoon? Yeah, we're just talking, obviously, about some of the things you've been talking about on the show today. So, yeah, just catching up on
3: local news. I've had a bit of a late night, so (laughs) I'm a little (laughs) slow this morning. How about you, Alex? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I did some uni readings. I um, looked after our cat, played with him for a little bit. I feel good. So
1: productive. I love it. (laughs) And so you two have both founded this brand new um, events initiative uh, called Good Trip Events, which is all about creating accessible spaces uh, for neurodivergent queers. Do you want to tell us a bit about, um, I guess, for a neurotypical person like myself, what's kind of a normal club experience, if there is one, uh, for a neurodivergent person?
6: Mm, I feel like just to twist your question slightly, if I may, I feel like might be easier to start off with what we've experienced as neurodivergent people when we've mm. gone to a club night and how difficult like a standard experience is for us. Because mm. um, I feel like that's that's more of
3: an easier place to start. I think like yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it and it starts you know before you even walk in the doors of the club. Like something for me is I get a lot of anxiety around like, what's the space going to look like? How am I going to get there? And I'm like already quite anxious and worked up even before I've even made it to the club. And mm. then the club is like, there's interpersonal challenges. There's sensory challenges. Um, the lighting can be quite an affront. Even the music can be quite overwhelming. Like I love music. I've studied music production. Um, I love listening to loud music. and love club music, but I never felt that good actually in a club. Um, because the sensory overwhelm was just so intense. And so I often go to the club with earplugs that cut like 15 to 20 decibels Mm -hmm. of noise, um, because that gets it back down to a comfortable level for me. So,
6: yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess to answer your question, that is the normal experience for Mm -hmm. us is we're usually like battling so much anxiety before we even get there. And then when we arrive, we have to do this constant, like self-checking in of like, have I had enough water? oh, there's someone I know. Do I go and say hello to them? Oh, but they're with people I don't know. Should I go there? Oh, but now I don't know like where the bathroom is and do I need to go to the bathroom? And it's just this constant like Mm. sort of narrative of managing our own needs. And when there's not like clear signage of where to go um, or like front of house staff or people who are like roaming around and you kind of have to go to the bar and ask and the bar could be heaving, you know, there's just all of these little sort of barriers that can add up. So in my experience, it's kind of similar to Alex's where mm. I just, how I manage myself now is I go to an event or a club and I just have to be really focused and sort of narrow like my perceptions. So for instance, I might arrive to a club and I'll go straight to the front of the dance floor Um, to where the DJ is or where the music is. And I just focus on the music so I don't socialize at all. Mm. So that's been my way of managing it, of actually going, I can't deal with all of these sensory things as well as socialize. So I'm not going to be socially available. Mm. Um, But that means, you know, there's some people who will perceive that as me being really intimidating or me being rude or being unfriendly, but actually I'm just trying to manage mm. my own access. Yeah, and perception mm.
3: is a big part of it because um, especially for me, I find that I am so like kinetically hyperactive in my body all the time. And I find it hard not to stim pretty much 24 um, seven. And for those who don't know, stimming is like um, a self soothing um, mechanism that you're using in your body mm-hmm. that helps calm you down. Um, And I find that that's another thing that people can perceive you as like being really ultra nervous or like you seem really jumpy or like, you know, there can be kind of negative um, perceptions of you. But Mm. yeah, these are things we're trying to address with the club night.
6: Yeah. Um, And and Alex and I have known each other for like, I don't know, almost 10 years or something silly like that. (laughs) So we've actually, you know, experienced sort of nightlife together. Mm. We've both worked in festival contexts in front of house. So We're really familiar with how these things run and we've always wanted to do something together and then the opportunity just sort of Happened in the past year for us to work on this.
1: Mm, both of you seem really well placed to organize <laughs> something like this, Kin, as a producer and someone who's been involved in the industry, and Alex as like an artist. And also, I'm sure you've worked at a lot of events too. Um, tell us a bit about where the idea began and sort of what the process was getting it to where it is now, where there's an
3: event at Subclub on March 30. Hmm. How did it begin? It really just began with a brainstorm and we knew we wanted to do something that was neurodivergent friendly. We weren't initially set on a club night that sort of came later. And I remember a good brainstorm we had where we were jotting down like words related to our neurodivergent experience of events and nightlife. And, um, that's actually where the name came from. Good trip was from that brainstorm. I still got, I've got that piece of paper in my notebook still with all the random words we wrote. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, we just wanted to do something that was a little bit more inclusive and it's something we hadn't seen yet or weren't that aware of. I'm now aware of a few things that are trying to bake in um, neurodivergent access specifically. But, yeah, I hadn't really seen any events like that Mm. beforehand.
6: Yeah, I feel like we've been collecting notes and bits and pieces of, of, I don't know, like feedback and debriefing of our nights out for years. Mm. And so... Yeah, I guess the desire to make something has been there for a long time. And then for me personally, I had always been interested in, um, and I guess through my arts work, I focus particularly on working with people who are First Nations, Black, people of colour, and just people who don't necessarily have the same level of opportunity and platform um, that a lot of people who already get opportunities um, sort of have. Mm. But... Yeah, I think what's been so exciting coming out of the pandemic is a lot of these independent collectors and parties run by black folk, POC folk. um, It just didn't make sense to do something like from myself, like to add to that. So I think from my experience of working at Melbourne Fringe, um, helping to manage the new Radical Access program, which is like a new 10 year social impact project between Arts Access and Melbourne Fringe, I was learning so much more about access. um, And I just thought, well, actually, there's no club night or event dedicated to neurodivergent experience. And I can see how that intersects with so many people I know. Like a lot of people I know are trans and neurodivergent or black and neurodivergent. So it just makes sense to do something specific in this way rather than just kind of another club night and i guess Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do we're trying to set up something that's um a disturbance in terms of what people expect of a club night or a night out we're not just making another club night Mm. does that make sense
3: yes yeah and i think it's important to note something we've kind of glossed over is that we both had like diagnoses in the past like year and a half which I guess is really informing why we're doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that lived experience that's contributed to like the passion for this idea. And I think for me personally, like you've found such a beautiful home in the club scene here, Mm. but I essentially have done the complete opposite and like really withdrawn from clubbing and like basically haven't been clubbing for a few years because I found it so uncomfortable. Mm. So this is hopefully for me, my way back in. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. so exciting to see so many different new uh, events and stuff
1: coming up where everyone can feel welcome and you know people with different needs can come along what can we expect from a good trip event
6: yeah so we've had the pleasure of just kind of how alex put it you know constantly brainstorming constantly learning and adding things to what we want to do um and we have the the privilege i guess of doing this event in Subclub, which is one of my favorite club venues. It's a bit of a- Likewise. Bunker, a bit of a basement space. Um, and I guess something to consider is that um, one access approach doesn't necessarily mean um, something is accessible for everyone. Like you can sometimes do something um, to support a particular person, but that, might, that initiative might be inaccessible to someone else or conflict with someone else's access needs. So we've taken the approach for this event, particularly at Subclub, to really focus on working within the constraints of the venue. So the sound in that space is quite loud. Um, there's not a lot of like privacy away from the sound. So we've been thinking around, okay, how can we soften the sound for people? Can we have like a breakout space where we've got blankets and cushions and have different kinds of lighting um, we're providing steaming toys we're providing like drawing pads and things so it's actually creating a bit of a space away where you can still be in a club but actually have a different experience rather than needing to be socially on and available like Mm -hmm. the whole time you're out Um, Mm -hmm. because again going back to what i was saying before i feel like when you are at an event people perceive that to mean you are socially available, but actually you might not be. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been thinking about that in the context of SubClub. We're we're doing heaps of things. I mean, you probably know some of the things I've just missed. Like we're doing lots
3: of signage. Yeah, we're doing um, large text accessible signage and we hope that it will help um, people flow through the venue a bit more easily and to feel inspired to try different things as well, like this way for dancing and this way, you know, to chill out and kind of encouraging people into different areas of the venue instead of just congregating in one space or feeling obligated to stay in Mm. one space because you're like, oh, I'm at a club, I have to be on the dance floor dancing. It's like, no, you can try this space or this space. Um, We're also providing um, hearing protection um, and it's, it's very BYO friendly. Like if people have got, you know, active noise cancelling headphones they wanna bring or if they wanna wear tinted glasses or sunglasses inside um, they're more than welcome to bring those things as well. Like none of that will be frowned upon if people want to bring their own stimming toys. Um, we want people to be comfortable.
6: Yeah. That's actually such a great point. I think a lot of the things that we're providing, we will have available. So people who don't have like, you know, protection sound wise, we've got headphones, we've got things that we're providing, we're providing stimming toys, but that acts as a bit of a social cue for people to then bring their own, um, so they can use their own as well, because I know for me personally, sometimes when I've gone into a club space and I've put in my like loop earpieces, which soften sound, people just like will come up to me just and still try and like socially engage, or like they'll ask me what they are or where I got them from, and I'm just like, oh, leave me alone. I'm just <laughs> trying to look after myself, whereas, I guess in our event, we're really encouraging so much of that so that people don't necessarily have to feel uncomfortable for using swimming toys or, or mm-hmm. fe- just feeling like they can do whatever they need to do to be comfortable. And I feel like we do have the responsibility of providing heaps of access services, but we also can't do everything. So mm. we're not having Auslan interpreters. We're not having captioning um, to do with like the venue's really low light. So it actually doesn't make sense to... Like focus on Auslan interpretation when people who need that service probably won't be able to see it very well because the venue will be in low light and you need to be able to physically see um, sign language. Um, So yeah, I feel like this first event is a really great example of what we're trying to achieve, but this is a long-term project and each time we will do it, it will be different depending on the space. Um, depending on feedback we get from each event. Like we're taking this, even though it's a club night, we're taking it really seriously, which is great because as Alex said, you know, I love nightlife. I love going out. So, mm. yeah.
3: Yeah. And I just want to see a change in the expectations, like when people go clubbing so that it's more okay to um, present a little differently and not be always perceived as being so strange or like so antisocial or mm. like, I just want people to feel, comfortable. Mm. Um, so hopefully we can contribute to a sort of a cultural shift, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fully agree. And tell us, um, or give us the plug. When is your first event and how can people stay up to date with Good Trip? Um, our first event is, uh, March 30th at Sub Club, um, starting from eight. Um, and you can follow us on Instagram at goodtrip.events. Um, or you can you can even email us as well, goodtrip.clubnight at gmail.com if you have a question or you <laughs> yes. wanna get in touch with us. Yeah, and we've just launched our ticketing. So on our Instagram, um,
6: you can find the details there to the Humanitics Ticketing website. Um, we've also got more access information up on the ticketing page, and we're working on a much more detailed access guide um, that we'll be sharing through Instagram and also emailing directly to everyone who gets a ticket. Um, but yeah, we're I think 10 days out, you might've texted me that today, like 10 days out.
3: Yeah. We're very close now.
6: Yeah. Um, and we're trying to not have a massive capacity of people. So Mm. it does mean that they're actually, um, limited tickets. Like there's less than what people think. So we're hoping that people will grab them soon. So we've had so much interest, which is really exciting.
1: Mm, get onto it and we'll pop some of those links uh on our website 3cr.org.au forward slash queering the air well alex and kin thanks so much for coming on today and thank you for all your work that you're doing for our community
6: thank you so much for having us us.
1: (laughs) 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 and that was alex and kin from good trip events that brings us to the end of our show today on queering the air thanks so much to all of our guests for coming on and sharing all of the amazing work they're doing. Uh, if you want to catch up on the podcast, head to our website, which I just said about 30 seconds ago, 3cr.org.au forward slash air. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back same time next week. Up next is Salaam Radio Show.